Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's guest is Steel Saunders of the I Love Green Guide Letters podcast, which I love, and the Steel Wars podcast, which is also an excellent um, fan podcast about Star Wars. And we were in LA, we had a conversation over ginger and turmeric tea, and we talked about everything from the class aspects of iced coffee to uh, all... uh, politics in the Star Wars fan microcosm to the Me Too hashtag to his epic collection of Star Wars paraphernalia uh, and how to make meaning in life, which I think was the the hardcore of this podcast. If you're new to this podcast, if you've come over from the Bugle, this is Tea with Alice. We have tea. I have tea with interesting people and talk about difficult ideas. So it is not a satirical news podcast. Uh, Thank you, everybody who subscribed to the Patreon this month. Thank you so much. It supports what I do. It it lets me continue to make this podcast. It it buys me time and um, hosting costs and tea for my guests. And it just... It's a a real incredible thing, um, both kind of on an emotional and on a financial level. But uh, if you are a listener to the podcast, you don't want to subscribe, there's also merch available on my shop merchandise. There's stuff. There's stuff on my uh, website, on my website shop, alicefraser.com, and you can buy things, including my little motto, no one's going to die, we're all going to die, and various other things if you like things and it's coming up to Christmas so you might want to do those things Ugh, I'm not not a great advertiser which I shouldn't be saying if I, I shouldn't say that um, but I have just said that that, that said uh, if you are in London I have gigs coming up also on my website thank you if you came out to the live bugle with Nish Kumar and Andy Zaltzman that was so much fun I really really enjoyed it I it's such a wonderful show and it's a privilege and a pleasure to be on it. I wanted to apologize sincerely for last week uh, missing a release of the podcast. It wasn't even as though I didn't have stuff in the bank. It was genuinely just kind of being overwhelmed from the move from Australia to, to London and all of the attendant life admin and it's not a great excuse but it is the only excuse that I have I apologize sincerely I will try to put up another extra podcast this week to make up for it Um, if you are a Patreon subscriber thank you but also if you are I've been doing some requested posts so almost like sponsored posts except they're not sponsored it's just if you are a subscriber and you have a hankering to see me deal with a particular topic in a particular way uh, you can message me on that service or via my email alicerfraser at gmail.com and I will try to uh, touch your issue in um, with my hands and brain I will see you next week. Uh, email me if you have any questions. Look up Steel Saunders on Twitter, Steel Saun- at Steel Saunders, S-T-E-E-L-E-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S, and I'm at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E. Or email me or just wave at me in the street. You're allowed to do any of those things. I hope to see you around in London if you're in London. I'm in Wales this Thursday if you're in Wales. Uh, and otherwise, just generally in the internet sphere or world. I will see you next week. You're having tea with Alice. Uh, so, uh, who are you and what are you drinking? 
I am Steel Saunders. I'm an Australian podcaster and comedian, and we're in LA. And I what am I? I'm drinking ginger tea or something like ginger that. Ginger and turmeric. Turmeric. Yes. Okay. It's very good against inflammation. Will also turn things yellow if you if you want to. There's a turmeric face mask that you can do, but it'll turn you yellow. But it'll be good for your skin. Oh, okay, that was a bit vague for me when you said turn things yellow. I was like. <laughs> What things? Well, you know, like your bath or your face or... Gotcha, gotcha. It's quite an intense pigment as well as being a good uh, spice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going off brand to fit in with Alice's brand because I'm normally just coffee. Just Why do you prefer coffee to tea I, I when j- tea I, is clearly superior? I just <laughs> love it. I, well, when I was young, I just love the taste Really? Like iced coffee Big M's, which is the flavoured milk. I think in Sydney they're they call it they're moves or Move, something. Yeah. yeah. And now there's so many brands. They're very competitive in Australia for the iced coffee market. And I think people always say Adelaide because of they've got the farmers union. People are very fond of the farmers union. Yes. But I tell you, Perth, that's the battleground. They have got so many different brands. Well, they've got a lot of uh, tradesmen in Perth. They've got the mining industry and it's uh, traditionally, I don't know why, but the, the chocolate milk or the strawberry milk or the coffee-flavoured milk is, a, is considered like a tradesman's drink. Yeah, and, and a Coke. I think tradesmen just traditionally like whatever's the worst. <laughs> Let's have that. For your health. It's, sort of, it's, it's, it's strange that in Australia it's a branded as like a manly drink, the uh, strawberry milk. Yeah, <laughs> strawberry milk's a bit sickly. But yeah, Perth, there is so many brands and so many varieties. Like I think if you just go to like an everyday petrol station fridge in Perth, you can click up like with, you know, diet and extra strength and all that. I reckon you can click up 30 different versions of an iced coffee. Wow. And you have tried them all? No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm very selective. The, the best one in the world is this company in from Portland called Stumptown. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they like do coffee beans and stuff. And they, they've got like a cafe in Portland. And, you know, it's one of those that nice like restaurants and that here have a little thing say, we're proud to serve Stumptown coffee. But they do a cartoned iced coffee milk. It's, it's divine. What it, is good about it? It's so dank. What do you mean by dank? Just like a rich coffee flavor. It's, it's like you can just kiss sleep goodbye. But yeah, so I, when I was young, I used to love the iced coffee Big Ams. And then I got into coffee through that. And I, I, this is, I never believed it was a drug. I thought that was just, I don't know, what's going on? This yeah, is made yeah, up. I can give it up any time. It's just a drink. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely can't give it up any time. I know that. But I'll tell you, when I was 16... This is my first... I don't think I drank alcohol at this point. Wait, I've got to think who my girlfriend was. Maybe I'd never drank alcohol at this point. I didn't drink alcohol till halfway through year 11. And we went on this camp, this RE camp. RE? Yeah, like religion. Oh, wow. So we went to a Catholic school, but it wasn't a super good Catholic school. Do you know what I mean? They weren't that good at it. They weren't good at being Catholic or they weren't good at being teachers? <laughs> All of it. Okay. It was, it was, I, I loved it because it was kind of, 
it was sort of mellow and it was co-ed. But we went on an RE camp, which is sort of more of like your home group. You know, you go on this like lame camp and then you'd bond for the learning that you had to do. You had to get into some prime learning. So it was sort of like a team building camp or something. I don't think there was anything religious about the camp, but it was... I remember it being very lo-fi, like no like good activities and the pool table had broomsticks. Like where it's like some like camp, you know, very cheap sort of camp and broomsticks. That were the pool tables. But one thing they did have... What you don't know is they were for playing Quidditch and it was actually a wizard camp. <laughs> it was pre-Quidditch. It was pre-Quidditch. Uh, but thank you for thinking I'm that young. That's great. Now, well, the one thing they did have access to the entire time was there was a boiling thing of water and instant coffee. Mm-hmm. So, you could just make as many coffees as you, as you liked. And there was nothing else to do except make coffee okay. in my mind. In right? your mind, yes. Maybe someone had a Game Boy or something like that. So, I was like, all right, so we're here for one more day. I think it was a two-night camp. And on the last night, there was going to be a disco Oh dear! So I don't know. And there's Probably only like high school discos. But there's only like, like a I think it was for fun. I think it was two homerooms that went to each camp. Like everyone, like the the campus all split up. So there's only going to be like fifty people at the disco at best. So it's going to be like there's no way it's not going to be whack. And so they had this coffee thing. So I was like, all right, I'm going to see how many coffees I can have in one day. <laughs> and I was like, the mind of a scientist. <laughs> And so I was like, I'm going to make the gnarliest coffees, all black. I'll pour in a little bit of cold water so it's, you know, it doesn't burn my mouth and stuff. And I'd just heap these tablespoons and I was making these toxic coffees. I ended up having like 46, something like that. It was 46 or 36. There was a a six. And I remember being at the disco and there was like, they had these like lame flashing lights and stuff and just sitting on the couch tripping out like people come up and talk to me and it felt like when maggie simpson when they have her eye view when the adults come and wish her a happy birthday like i was just like get away and i was just sitting there on this couch just going okay so wrong we've all learned a lesson high on instant coffee definitely a drug and i don't know you know when when you were little and you'd sort of did you not throw up was it not harsh on your digestive system yeah, I think it. Ma- I think I had an interesting weekend. <laughs> but you, you know, when you're young, you're a teenager, and you say something to your mom, just off the cuff, trying to be, you know, be cool, and then you instantly regret it. You're just like, I'll, I'll take that back. So I told her, and she was just like, got like really mad. Like she was like, "That's so stupid," and and I, and I was just like, I just remember instantly, just like. Got to edit myself better with can't, the... Can't tell your mum about your addictive forays into the world of... Coffee. But yeah, so I've just been running with that addiction ever since. It's, I love coffee. I, I love everything about it. So it's so good. But I've had tea. I've, I've got tea now. And the only tea... I always have a sip, you guys. Ah. Mm-hmm. The only tea... I was going to have chamomile... Because that's the only tea I ever have. Yes. 
because it's a nighttime tea, but I forgot. And then Alice is just like, no, that, that puts you to sleep. Well, it puts me to sleep. I don't know that everyone has as strong a reaction to me as, as I do, which is one of the reasons why I don't drink coffee, ah. uh, which is I have quite a strong reaction to both to the up, upperness of coffee. It gives me a real jagged spike of adrenaline and uh, to the downward of, of chamomile. If, you, if I have chamomile, I go straight to sleep. Okay. Because I don't like going to sleep. You don't like going to sleep? No, I can't stand it. What don't you like about going to sleep? It's just, so you hop, I like to fall asleep, if I I fall asleep on the couch, I think that's awesome. I'm I'm, I'm so about that. But just the thing that you're, it's getting towards the end of the day and you're on your couch and you're like, let's go to bed now. It's like, that's it? Ah, the end of the day. That's all you're going to do today? You're just calling it, you're just going to lie down? Oh, it's you don't like it. You're I giving can't up on the day. Stand it. Yeah, that's why you love coffee so much. Yeah, because I was just like, well, I could do one more thing. I could edit one more thing, or I don't know, write a tweet, or just something. You just you could. This is this is more to do. I love staying up all. Okay, and I know it's bad. So, but I would if I was by myself. I would just do the thing, which I did in my twenties, where I. I vampired around in life where I'd stay up so late. That you'd wipe out the day. Yeah. Then I'd sleep into like two o'clock and then wake up. And, and also it was before like cable and, and all that stuff. So all the best shows were on like from 12, like from midnight to 4am. That was like actual entertainment primetime. Yeah, low, low, low rating but excellent things. Yeah. Niche so stuff. You had, you know, you had Letterman and then you had just like all these like weird little shows like Herman's Head and Night Court and um, the Larry Sanders show, um, It's Gary Shanklin show, like, like all these gems that they'd buy from America and put on so late. So, oh, yeah. That just, was your... That was prime time. Wow. Have you, you, you're living in America now. Yeah, in a way. And uh, have you been wrestling with anything recently in your mind, in your ethos? I, I don't know. When you said wrestling, I just, I was like, oh. You I went could, straight to actual wrestling. I, I could talk about wrestling for a long time. Sorry, um, I'm slightly underslept too, which means that was a clumsy segue into the point of this podcast. <laughs> but um, I guess trying to make all the stuff I've done like mean something at the end. So trying to find a way to turn it into something else or just have it be in itself meaningful? Yeah, I, I guess you sort of get stuck, especially when you do stuff yourself. So I self-produce like all the podcasts and stuff and I do, I do two different podcasts and um, I guess it's sort of easy to sort of get stuck in that sort of like a rut thing, especially when you've got to make it all yourself because that takes up so much time to make extra time to do like stuff that progresses like that. So you don't want to be stuck in a holding pattern. Yeah. And so I'm trying to, um, I, I went home for a couple of weeks, just, I, I got back just before PodFest, like that week. And so I was just, yeah, sort of, how do you, you're doing this thing and it's going pretty good, but then you've got to like self-motivate to sort of push it to something else. Do you know what I mean? So like I do a Star Wars podcast and 
I've, I've sort of, like, I'm going to write a book about it. And so I've been, like, having meetings about, like, like how books, like, I know how to write a book. And how do you write a book? You just write it. And <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, but it's sort of like you've got this idea and you think it's going to be, oh, yeah, this will fit in well. You know, it's got a good brand associated to it. And, you know, they're funny sort of stories from things that I've done in the world of Star Wars and stuff. But then finding, like, going to publishers and going, oh, is this idea something that you think you could make money with? That sort of thing. Because I, I definitely didn't want to, because, you know, you can do a Kickstarter and you self publish it. Yeah, that's it. I Nah, well, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Why? You don't want to ask people for money or you don't like the idea of it being self-produced? It sort of feels self-indulgent? I'm just, or? Just, I'm just done doing stuff myself. All right. It's time to get back in the system. Yeah, give me some gatekeepers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like I did all this stuff, like all the podcasting stuff to avoid that. And like... Okay, I just want to jump the fence. You want to get back into the world where people tell you what to do? No, not so much that, but I just don't want to I don't want to have to I don't want to have to learn a desktop publishing program or John like I'm done. Like I had to learn all this audio stuff and 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 then like photoshopping stuff and illustrator, how to make a WordPress website, like and then how to embed everything and it's, I'm done. I'm done learning stuff. Just want to send them a Word document and have them turn it into a book? Yeah, I just, I, it's just nice. Like, you know, when like you do something, like in, in, in stand-up, it's very, like no one looks after you sort of thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Like at gigs and stuff, you get like, a, you know, drinks or whatever. But it's not, you know, that. You're not very cherished. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You're replaceable entirely. Yeah. And, and then, no one necessarily wants you to succeed. Yeah. And then when you do like TV or something and there's people like looking after everything, like you want coffee, you want this, like, you know, like pat, pat, pat on your face and so nice. It's insane. Like it's incredible. Like just that difference. The like, sense of other people looking. I think that's one of the reasons why – all of this, you know, hashtag me too stuff is happening because uh, for for many people that's the only attention or care that they'll get in the course of this industry or it is somebody who's offering to help them out in exchange for something sleazy. Yeah, that's – it's crazy. Like I um, – yeah, Star Wars is a really weird thing that – it it appeals to everyone. And I don't mean everyone, but it appeals to all demographics. Yes. So regardless of, um, you know, your income or your religion or, you know, your, you know all that sort of stuff. It, it appeals to – because it's, it's, it's taken the best bits of all this pop culture and melded it in so people can look at it from all these different ways. So you get all different types of people that are into it, which is fascinating. Because you get this little microcosm of society that it's just a little mini version. And and all of the dynamics play out more tightly because people are in closer proximity. You don't have one community that doesn't like another community. You have two people who fucking hate three other people. Yeah, and but it's like you're meant to be talking about this dumb space movie with the lasers and stuff, but then other people's like views 
come into that and you're just like, whoa, like it's so afflicted by it. So, and on the podcast, I interview people about how Star Wars has affected them and their memories and stuff like that, whether they've been involved or like comedians or fans or even people that have never seen the film, right? And we have a lot of, um, you know, women that have been on the podcast have said how hard it is just to be accepted as a fan when they're a woman. Do you know what I mean? Because people think, why are you here? Like dicks, I should say. Dicks with dicks. I mean, who... I mean, I I cannot imagine an ulterior motive for being a fan of Star Wars other than that you like the film. I mean, I like the films. I would call myself uh, an amateur fan. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think... Like, I think if you go to see the film... Yeah. Like if you like it, yeah. you're a fan. Yeah. Well, it's, then a, I it's, just, as a fan. it's just the level. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And and I find that's the cool thing is to like because at where I'm at, we're so intricate into it. And so it's fun to find out, oh, what did like someone that just watches the films think of this? Like, did they understand what was going on or did that resonate with them and all that stuff? But so I guess what people are accused of that they're fake fans, that they're trying to find a boyfriend of all, of all things, um, but all this stuff. And I was just like, man, like, like that sucks. I'm not like that. I, but I, I didn't really have a good grasp of it. Then I posted up this interview I did with Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Lucasfilm, the company that makes Star Wars. And she's, um, you know, she's like produced like just, you know, like so many, I think like thirty Oscar-nominated films. Like, wow. like so she's I mean? good at her job. Oh, she's the king. Do you know what I mean? Like, like she's badass. Like yeah. she's a legend in the game. And so I got to interview her, which was really thrilling. And it was for Channel Ten back home. And I did one with her, and then I did one with the director of the new film, and then like a few of the actors, like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega and stuff. And I posted them all up on YouTube, just as little edits. And then I noticed this thing was that, I, like the Kathleen Kennedy video was just getting all these like crazy, like just name calling things like, you know, that that bitch, that, that C word, she's wrecking Star Wars. And it was, it was, it was just like, like anger to like out of 10, it was 13. And I was like, why? Like, what is happening here? How can you be so angry? Like, if if someone did something against Star Wars, and they do all the time that I don't like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that, that sucks. And I'll complain about it in, I try to make it like a funny way. Like, I'm parroting myself as being a whiny fanboy. But these people would just, and it was so... It was every day these comments. I had to delete these comments. And then I was just like, oh, my God. I'm not seeing all this stuff. Like my friends who, you know, who are, are girls and whose Twitters I follow, I'm not seeing all the replies from the nuts. And it just, so I started clicking on my friend's tweets to see what was written underneath. And I was like, fuck. I'm not sure if I'm meant to swear on this or not. No, but, you swear away. Um, but fuck, it was, it was crazy. So then today to see that... Um, me too thing and it's not it's not like two of my friends have written that it's like all my friends that are girls have written it yes 
and it's... Yeah, I'm not big on getting on board with internet bandwagons. I tend not to talk about political stuff, particularly mm-hmm. kind of first world feminist stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, I don't think I'll post on it. And then a friend of mine asked me to boost it and I, I thought, well, what would I talk about? I, you know, I've been pretty lucky. There was that one time with the guy who showed up at the place with the thing and there was that other guy who tried to lick my shoulder and there was that time I had a 90-minute argument with someone about why I didn't want to sleep with them and then there was that time when I was talking to an agent and he said, oh, you don't have a boyfriend, do you? And I was like, why are you asking? And he said, oh, women your age just want to settle down and crack out kids and they're not a good investment. And then there was that other time and I was like, oh, actually, yeah, hashtag me too. But I think of myself as not really, like I'm very lucky. I don't get a lot of that shit. Yeah, but it's crazy that it's like your ones, you're just like, yeah, that's just, I'm a woman. Yeah. Of course I've like. <laughs> that's just, yeah, normal. It's like fingernails. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's got them. Everyone's got them. Everyone has that. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like they had um, even, okay, how I say like, you know, Star Wars, the microcosm. There's the, do you know what honest trailers are? On yes, YouTube? Yes. So the guy, this guy Andy Sacoin, I think you p- pronounce his surname, but he like founded that, the Honest Trailers and Screen Junkies. Then it got bought by this big media conglomerate. But yeah, he turned out to, like after the Harvey Weinstein thing came out, then people, like, because I guess it, you know, it, it empowers people to go, oh yeah, I'm, I'm getting about this, you know, because it's strengthening numbers. And then someone's come out and said, oh yeah, well, this dude, Andy, He's done all this stuff, and then it, then the exact same thing happened. Yeah, and all these stories came out of him saying, "I'll get you a show on like on our channel," and because it's like you know they have got like a million followers, it's like a big like thing, and like I've appeared on not with him but with my friend Jenny. She's got a show on it, and I've been on that show, and. Yeah, exact same thing. Just a mini nerd version of Harvey so, Weinstein. Yeah, it is that. It's an it's an amazing thing, and it's. I think the reason that it's this massive pylon now, and I've seen it before with uh, in comedy and and around the place, where the moment someone is taken seriously, then everyone piles on to that. Because it's not as though you haven't been mentioning it before. It's not as though the girls don't talk about it among themselves. It's not as though, like, Harvey, well, Harvey was a joke. It was a joke because everyone knew. Mm. And I remember someone talking about Gwyneth Paltrow on Letterman saying, oh, yeah, he's, he's quite a coercive man. And if Letterman at that point had gone, what do you mean? Yeah. Rather than flipping it off as a joke, ha, 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 ha. Everyone knows Weinstein's asleep. If he'd gone, what happened? Yeah. Like, are you disappointed that he didn't do that? No, I'm not disappointed that he didn't do that. I'm just interested in the fact that people are... Uh, some of the commentary I've seen on this is that it's a pylon that that these women didn't say anything before. Why didn't they say anything before? And they did. Just no one kind of. Yeah, and I guess there's that thing of like, well, if you say it, then like you're done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I tell you the, I tell you who did say it was Courtney Love. Have you seen that clip? Yes, on the on the red carpet. Yeah. Where, where she, someone says, "Oh, what advice would you have to a young girl trying to get into Hollywood?" And it's like. If you get invited to a party at the Four Seasons hosted by Harvey Weinstein, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Uh, I saw that last night. But, yeah, it's crazy. Like, sometimes I go back to Australia and I hear things, like, in comedy 
I'm just like, whoa. Because I'm, like, I'm like pretty naive to all that stuff. I guess I, I'm a bit of a like lever. Like I don't like, I'm not really out after 12 yeah, sort of I'm, thing. I'm very similar. I don't tend to stick around at parties. I'm not great in social situations. Other than one-on-one, I'm okay, but more. Yeah, I... Yeah, or even if, like, sometimes, like, at the comedy festival and stuff, like, everyone goes to that bar, but I'll just, like, like find my safe space in the corner and just, like, chill there, like, with someone that I yeah. know is, like, normal. Yes. And and sort of just, like, take it all in and stuff. One of the three normal people in comedy. Yeah. Oh, there's more than three. We won't <laughs> go that far. Um, and, and if there is only three, I'm not sure I'd make the grade. <laughs> Let's be real. Um but yeah, so I, so much so that one of my friends had like a crazy drinking problem, which they sort of got out of, which, and I said, oh man, I, I didn't even know. He goes, yeah, because it wasn't a, like, it was like an after 12 problem. It wasn't like when you were there, it was fine. Yeah, it was first drink, fun time. Yeah. And yeah, I, so I sort of like. Yeah, drink and then burn out. Yeah, you don't you don't get a drinking problem if you turn into an asshole after the first drink. Yeah. Because then there's no positive feedback loop that takes you to the second drink. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, like I love like drinking stuff, but I just I just tap out. I need more coffee. You've got a cat to take care of. I've got a cat. Oh, he's gone now. He's gone. But yeah, to answer your question that you posed, yeah, I just want. I want to go down to Barnes and Noble, and, th- and th- these are like such trite goals. I just want to go into the bookshop there, the Barnes and Noble, and like at the Grove, and just the book be in there. That'd be like because it, it's like podcasting, so like it's so awesome that anyone can make it. Yeah, but anyone can make them. So you want that symbol of external kind of. Not necessarily validation, but you want to know that you've turned it into something more. Yeah, and also that it would be like, these are the best bits. This is a thing. So, that's my whole, yeah, I guess I need I need, I need a gatekeeper to pat me on the head. I mean, it's no bad thing at all. I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason that gatekeepers exist. It's to curate stuff and to tell you what's good and to cut through all of the the dreck so that you're not all you know walking down on sunset boulevard trying to hand people your cd yeah that's rad i love those guys we we got we got rubed by those guys in new york you know it must have been like 10 years ago or something we went to um jackie and i went to new york on a trip and we were going to go on the kramer tour you know has like the real kramer and he takes you on a bus I didn't know that was a thing, but sure. Oh, my God. Are you much of a Seinfeld person? Uh, no, I never really watched TV as a kid. Um, but uh, I know Seinfeld. I know okay. of it. I've seen a few episodes. So, Kramer, there's an actual dude called Kramer that lived opposite Larry David's apartment in New York. And they that's where they got the, you know, the idea for Kramer. Is he like that? Yeah, pretty much. And... In the pilot, if you watch the original version of the pilot of Seinfeld, which is called like the Seinfeld Chronicles, his name was Kessler. They changed the name because Larry David was like, hey, if we call this dude Kramer and this show goes okay, Kramer's going to exploit this in ways we can't imagine. (laughs) And 
so they went with Kessler, but then they watched, you know, the pilot and they're just like, it's just not right. It's got to, ch- we've got to change it back to Kramer. So they changed it back because the first season, inverted commas, was only four episodes. And so for the next three, they changed it to Kramer. And so Kramer, the real Kramer did, he started this reality tour to take people to all the locations in Seinfeld and tell him, because all the stories are like based on real things that happened. And on the tour, there's this famous scene in Seinfeld where George has got the cream from China to make his hair grow and they're filming it. And Kramer on the tour shows the footage of him filming Larry David's head. And it's like this, it's like they've remade the scene. That's but it, amazing. But it was made first, do you know what I mean? So, like, like so many of the stories are just people in the writer's room going, this happened to me, let's put it in the show. And um, so, anyway, so we're going to see this, this Kramer tour. We're so excited. And we're just around the corner from Times Square and this rapper came up to us, Dafia, his name was, D.A. And he sold us his CD mixtape and he was going to be the next 50 Cent. And we were just like, yeah, man, this is sick. Gave us his hotmail. It's like Defear at Hotmail or something. Get in contact. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to listen to this CD. And then we walk around the corner into Times Square and there's like 80 Defears oh. all selling. And we're just like, oh, we thought Defear was the special one. But he was smart to get... To get out of the tourist thing. Yeah, to get, like, to get us on the way in to get us rubes and we never listen to the CD. Oh no, maybe it's a maybe maybe he's the new 50 cent. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I'm think it's sure. really really interesting what you said. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of backtracking here cuz uh-huh. you said you, you saw this footage of him filming Larry David's hair growing and it was like a remake of the Seinfeld scene. Mm. I think that's 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 really interesting in terms of what you said about getting picked up by an external thing because for you the scene is more real like the scene is replicating something that happened in real life but for you real life even though it traveled back in time to do it is replicating what happened in Seinfeld so like the the getting on tv getting that thing getting that reach getting that approval getting it turned into something into a product is more real for you than just what you're doing every day which is this podcast that reaches however many hundreds of thousands of people yeah, I guess. It would make it feel... Because you were saying you're looking for meaning, right? You're looking for... You're wondering where you can get meaning in what you're doing. Yeah, maybe meaning's not the right word. Maybe validation's the word. Do you know what I mean? But it... I don't know. I just think it would be rad to have it all... Like all the best bits in a book. Here it is. This is what I've done for like five years. Yeah, and it would feel more real to you. Yeah. Than the fact that you've actually been living your real life and doing this real thing. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, but I'm not like I'm not I'm not like saying that like like much like with my love of coffee. I'm not saying it's good. No, no, I'm I'm not saying it's bad. Okay, I'm just saying it's interesting. Yeah, and I think that's interesting as a as a fan of something. Like this is a a really it's a really interesting to, thing to me the the process of fandom where real people living their real lives are invested in something that isn't real but it's somehow more important because it's art or because it touches a num because it touches a broader number of people than you can in your individual life yeah i think like with star wars though it like the fans and the like the community around it has made it more than what it like it's not just a film yeah and it is a way for all these people from you know as i was saying that there's so many different people into it 
that it it is like um like 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 Star Wars is pretty good, but then like the fans and the fan community made it awesome sort of thing, and it sort of they feed off each other. Have so, you read or watched American Gods? No, what is that about? It's a Neil Gaiman book, and one of the premises of it is that uh, gods exist um, and are fed by human belief. So they're all competing to get fans or to get worshippers uh-huh. because the more people worship them, the more intensely they are worshipped, the more powerful they become, the more real they become. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's a similar thing with the with the Star Wars where it's become more than it was. It's become a god or it's become a, a mythical thing because it's fed by this belief. Yeah, I think it's more the spirit. I don't think it's so much more a god thing. It's more... There's, I think it's more the community and the spirit of it sort of thing. And, um, you know, you go to like, they have like a big convention every two years and, you know, there's like 80,000 people there and it's just, yeah, it's, it's like this real like weird happiness vibe that it, it's, it's unlike anything that I'd like sort of ever experienced. Even, even Comic-Con, the San Diego one, which is like this massive corporate, you know, we've got to pump up all these new movies and stuff. But the the core, and I, the first time I went there, I was sort of just like, oh, it's, you know, see people that I like in movies speak and I'll buy some something that I want to buy. But it, what got me to go back every year was, and 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 I, I I'm not sure if I kind of think it's exclusive to like to like the original Comic Con because um, you know Comic Con is like a word that's like town fair or whatever now but just the spirit of community and happiness and acceptance i think it's acceptance is is the thing that people inside this big convention center have just got this like happy glow and they're all in on it like it's your tribe. Yeah. And it's like you'll be in this line and sometimes, you know, a line to get into something, it's, you know, you wait an hour or whatever, but you're in with all these costume, people in costumes and you're just like, oh, what, what is that? What are you dressed as? You know, because some of the stuff's obscure and it's like, oh, it's this anime and it's like, oh, what do you like about this? And it's like, oh, I chose this character because, do you know what I mean? So you find out, like you're talking to all these people that, um, uh, you know, just like you. And, and I, I always found it, quite interesting that like the classic comic-con person maybe is not you know now it's sort of like the whole nerd things like a badge of honor but if you're like an like a proper nerd that was kind of dissed for being a nerd and then you've got these five days where everyone thinks you're like the shit and like you dress up and people want to get photos with you and maybe that costume you're not you anymore like you're a bit more empowered because you're dressed like you know, like Catwoman or you're dressed like, you know, like Luke Skywalker or something like that. It's, it's rad. And like stuff that, you know, it can be used in a real unhealthy way, like in my YouTube comments. But when you see it used in a real sort of healthy, positive way, it's like crazy. Like, and I will like defend it to the core because I've seen like the rad things it does. Same with like podcasts and stuff. Like at my podcast, I've seen people that have started coming by themselves and you can sort of tell it was gutsy to come to this thing by themselves. And then like years later, like they've all, like all these people now are meeting up before 
the podcast to have lunch and they're online chatting with it and you see like oh my god that person i know they didn't know any of these people yeah they've made friends they've made a community yeah the community yeah. thing is and now they're got like they start a podcast with someone that they met and like it's it's amazing it well, is it yeah it's, it's an incredible thing with the with the nerd thing being a badge of honor how do you feel about that were you a, a real nerd when you were a kid yeah, I was like a like a weird sort of nerd. Like I was like a sponsored skateboarder and stuff and was like heaps into like punk rock bands and stuff. So I didn't really feel like I was a nerd like per se. Although being a skateboarder in the early 90s was not... Cool. Nah, yeah. It was like you like sort of getting fucked with a little bit. But I thought it was kind of rad because I lived in a town this town Rosebud, which is sort of like a tourist um, beachside town. And you are either into like football or surfing or, or you pretended to be into surfing. And like, I was like, I never, I've never owned a pair of thongs because I fucking hated surf culture so much. Wow. So it was like being a rebel. It was being yeah, a sort skater. of, but I love skateboarding, but I, it's one of those things where you know, oh, we don't like that. And it's like, oh, really? Well, well, here's a shit ton of it then. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I was a real nerd at school. I used to skip out of class and go to the library and read fantasy novels and, you know, I was bullied at school and all of that. So when I see now a lot of people doing the nerd thing, I'm not going to leave mean comments on their YouTube, but it does feel a little bit like... I, even though I don't agree with it as a, as a as a thing generally, like cultural appropriation, it's like you are taking all of the upside, and you were never you never had the downside. It's like yeah. So I don't I don't feel like I had the downside. You and your cool like glasses with no prescription in them. No, I never had You're glasses. Doing nerd face. That's what I think. Yeah. Nah, I just never had glasses. I don't feel like I had. Like, I don't feel like I, or if I got dissed, I don't think I, like, I care. Like, I was like, uh, uh, uh. but, um, but I was there. Like, I was at, like, 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 90s collector fairs and, and going to conventions and stuff. So, I was, yeah, but I don't think, but then people, like, I had this photo in Empire Magazine um, when episode, Star Wars Episode 2 came out, which would have been 2000 and two i believe but they had they did they did this big star wars issue and they did um they profiled a few fans in australia and because empire magazine was published by a company that also published a skateboarding magazine the guys that ran the skateboarding magazine said oh you should get on to steel because we know he's a big star wars fan and so i had this photo published right and it's me on my bed and the bed, Star Wars, bed sheets, Star Wars pillows, and the entire bedroom is just like a crazy amount of toys, like an unbelievable amount of toys, like a lot. A lot of Star Wars. Yeah. Like and a then the, Star Wars palace. And then the, above the bed was a big banner of Anakin Skywalker, the like the big promotional banner for episode one that I got from the theater. And then above that was like a giant sized spaceship from episode one that was like eight foot long. That was from Toys R Us. Cause I used to like, like go into the, like go in there and go, Hey, if you've got any promotional stuff, like I'll, I'll give you some cash or whatever. And so, and then I was on the bed with 
a full size latex latex Yoda that looked like Yoda from the film, right? And I thought I thought the photo was fucking sick. I thought it was rad. <laughs> I thought it was so dope. And it came out in the magazine, and because magazines were so big then, so many people read them, and people were just like, "Oh, I never knew." You like, never knew that you had this secret life of yeah. But I, it was just that I just didn't like. I wasn't hiding it. I just would like. I'm. People would beg to differ. But I feel like my nerddom is pretty good at not telling people stuff they don't want to know. Do you know what I mean? So you have emotional uh, intelligence. Uh, sometimes. So, sometimes I would, I think I might misstep, but I'm in like the top 5%, I think, of of like cutting it off sort of thing. I think Jackie might disagree. <laughs> yeah, but she has to put up. I mean, she's your lady. She's, yeah. That's part of the deal, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think I'm pretty good. So, people would, didn't, people just like, it was like I came out of the closet, came out of the nerd closet. But it wasn't like I was hiding it. Yeah. Um, but, like, I remember I had a party at my house when I, I first moved to Melbourne from Rosebud and I was working for this skate shop that I was running their their shops and they got me an apartment above their warehouse and I had this like sick apartment just in just out of the city and so I, and I was like 23 and I'd have like parties there all the time because what else are you going to do huh and I remember I ended up going on a going out with this girl like just after that time and she like came to my house and she went to my bedroom and she goes, oh my God, my friends have rung me from this bedroom. What? They, they were at, like they said, oh, we're at this party and this dude's got like... A ridiculous Star Wars bedroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I wasn't hiding it or anything. Um, yeah. But yeah, now it's like the golden time. So I, I think like that whole... You know that people haven't earned their nerd cred and stuff. I, I, I think that's worth it for, like, like this is the golden age of. Do you know what I mean? There's like, there's so much, yeah, and there's a lot of money going into making more of the stuff that you like and trying to please the fans. Yeah, and and then but then you got the worry that you know it gets burnt out and stuff like that. But it's uh, and it's 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 also sort of fun to be like super into something. And then you can just like go, yeah, doesn't matter. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's good to have that switch off. The perspective th- on like, I love this. It's amazing. Like, I will buy all the stuff. I will go and do all the stuff. I will obsessively research it. But I also can just go and have lunch and it's be fine. Yeah. And, and just, um, you know, it works both ways because it's a good escape from like actual real problems and stuff. And, but then there's some stuff in the fandom where people get, like there's like a debate over whether like on a podcast you should talk about real stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So a lot of my friends sort of came under fire because they were just like um, very anti certain things happening in politics. And then people on the other side get upset. Sort oh, because fandom is your escape from the reality yeah, of politics. And I sort of, it's funny because Star Wars is sort of like, 
it's a film about politics sort of thing. Yeah, like, it's a huge leap. It's all about the movement of people and the shift of power. and Yeah, and, and sort of like when like films have come out lately and, and you know, most creators of Star Wars are very left-leaning and you know, bring out a film and then like people on the right are just like, oh, that's just, you know, the SJWs, they've taken over, they've ruined Star Wars and it's just like, hey man, like have you ever thought about what, happens in the Star Wars there's an evil regime and people rise up because they think it's unjust and save the gut like did you not pick up on any of this oh yeah there's a reason the stormtroopers are called the stormtroopers there's a reason that the uniforms look the way they do like all of that stuff yeah it's it, it's crazy and I've, I've said this so many times it's it's befuddling to me how someone can watch Star Wars so many times watch all the films and just not pick up on its moral messages? At all. Yeah, and most people in creative industries are relatively left-leaning anyway. Yeah. And, but it's just like, oh, you know, you know your hero, Luke Skywalker? He'd, he'd think you're a dick. Like, and, and the guy that plays him definitely thinks you're a dick. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, that's a fascinating thing. Do you think they ever clock to that? Have you seen anyone ever change their opinion or? Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I, I think they have, like, because I, I, I think, you know, and I'm talking about how I can hold back talking about these nerd things, but there is, um, a, you know, the Princess Leia line to Tarkin in Star Wars. It's like the more you tighten your fingers, the more systems you lose. Will slip between. Yeah, and I, and I your grasp. And I think you know the way things are going. It's like I don't know. Like if if people aren't like turned now, it's like what the fuck, man. Like, what 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 will it take for people to? <laughs> so I think in that way, people people have turned, but there's. Yeah, it's it's interesting how people view themselves, and I guess that's the, the 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 best storytelling is when the villain thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah, like, that makes for the best stories, and yeah, it's weird when people in real life are like that. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm fa- I'm fascinated by people who think that they are good people when they are often at best just neutral. Just going about your day and, you know, like loving your family doesn't make you a good person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's my favorite thing. That's my, that, that, that's, that's like the surefire, get out of jail free. You can never be questioned that you're a misogynist is if you have a wife and children, like a daughter. It's like, oh, you got a daughter. Oh, there's no way you can be a misogynist then if you've got a daughter. Oh, yeah, I respect my own children and wife, yeah. Yeah, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? It's, yeah, it's, um, I, I love, I, it's such a rad one. It's such a rad, because I love debates. Like oh, really? I, you I, don't I, mind an argument? Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I like math and... I, I always think debates is just like just equations and stuff. Yeah, logical, lo- lo- like if you think of pure logic. Yeah, I, I love what, and it, I, I guess because that's how I sort of work out what I think about stuff is like I try to like logic sort of thing. And sometimes I'm a bit like when people are condemning someone or something, I'm a bit in the middle because I go, well, you have to take into account that 
they're not thinking about this and do you know what I mean? That, that's so vague. I should come up with an actual... Example of that. Yeah. Um, what, okay, so one of my friends was just like caught, like saying, oh, that guy's a bit of a, you know, he's been a dick to me. And I'm like, well, he might have been like this guy's sort of like like a bit of a name if you're into certain things. And they're like, well, he might've been nervous around you. Do you know what I mean? So he's, he doesn't, you know, he's speaking quite right. Do you know what I mean? So you have to give leeway for that. Cause I think, do you know what I mean? Like that's maybe what I would do. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Raskopoulos has spoken about that in her Ted talk about the fact that a lot of people think that she's rude when in fact she's cripplingly nervous in social situations. People don't, Attribute that to her because she's very publicly on stage all the time Mm-mm. and she's not nervous on stage. But if you talk to her, she'll be very brusque and abrupt and try and get out and away as quickly as possible because she's super nervous. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I try to use logic, which which is a, like a curse because then you're like, I'm always right because I've thought it out so much. <laughs> Are you always right, though? No, but I try to take in, like, new information to, like, do you know what I mean? To try not to be too tied to your opinions. Yeah, and even, um, fuck, I'm going to have to take back that stuff about how I know when to stop talking about Star Wars. No, bring it up, bring it up. But the thing is, it does... Like in dealing with all these different people and all these different cultures, it has taught me a lot about people and in the in the greater scope of things. Because there is in in this sort of new era of Star Wars, they're they're introducing like gay and lesbian characters. And like some people are just like, That's not my Star Wars. Kids shouldn't be, you know, exposed to that sort of stuff. And I think at the start, I was like, yeah, that doesn't need to be in Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, it it just, it doesn't. And then after talking to more people about it, like on the podcast and stuff, and thinking about it a bit more, and also realizing the positive impact for people that can relate to those characters. And this is the biggest problem in the world and in the fandom. It's that people just think about themselves and... They don't think that, um, like, like up until now, if you're an Asian girl, you don't exist in the Star Wars universe. You don't. And like in the next film, there is like there, there's like a really prominent character. And uh, one of my friends, Laura, who I've never met in real life, but she lives in LA. We're going to meet up. She tweeted out because she's an Asian girl, and she tweeted out how rad it was that now, like, when you see yourself in your favorite uh, media, and she like cosplayed as this character, Rose Tico, and then like some dude. This is how I met her because I was like, I loved, like, I just like it when Star Wars like empowers and just makes. I like it when it makes people really happy. Yeah. I think it's sick. And so I was like, I retweeted her tweet because it just got retweeted so many times and then I started reading the comments and it was brutal yeah it was just like oh it's racist to relate to a character that like looks like you and I was just like fuck this dude and so I sort of like what is that noise I don't know we're just off Sunset Strip so there's all sorts of alright I'll just accept it yeah it's I don't know there's there's I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, it's a powerful 
powerful thing going on over there. But, um, yeah, so this guy was angry that she was, like, getting empowered by this character now being in the Star Wars universe, this, like, awesome new hero. And he just couldn't... It was... it. Like, I, 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 I sort of get where he's coming from. Like, I get the emotion, but it's, like, not a good emotion to have. And it's, like, someone's into this for reasons I, that exclude me, and I'm not used to being excluded, so it's wrong. And yes. you, want, you want to be accepted, you know, you want equality, but you being amped on this makes me feel like I'm not equal So I'm going to strike out about it. And I don't think it's 100% of one or 100% of the other either. Like I was always, and I think this is one of the reasons why I do comedy. When I read books or when I watched things, I was always very able to put myself in the shoes of the protagonist. I'd never thought of myself as a woman doing comedy. I just thought I want to be like Monty Python. So Uh I was lucky in that I didn't have to see someone who was like me because I just sort of, maybe I didn't have a very strong identity. I just sort of thought of myself as a floating brain in a bubble. I didn't. I was just like, oh, that's a thing that I would like to do uh, with my brain. But equally, you know, if you think as a man watching, say, Lara Croft, do you put yourself in her shoes? No. No. I I, I tell you where I do, because like Luke Skywalker was like made for me. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like I lived in a little town and I was sort of cynical about it. Like that was it. He looked, you wanted they, to get out. You wanted to start, you know. Yeah. I wanted to start podcasting and, 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 and get some validation somehow. But he was made for me. Like, that was, that was my character, do you know what I mean? And it never occurred to me, and we had Princess Leia and stuff, but that there was all these, like, characters made for men. Like, it just never occurred to me until I started having all these conversations with people. And, but I tell you who I, I do relate to is in the new one, Ray, who's, yes. like, the Luke Skywalker character. So, I, I think that's sort of my archetype sort of thing yes and and also that's kind of what everyone else or non sort of white men characters people that's kind of what we've had to do is you know just learn like for me it was Han Solo I liked Han Solo yeah. he was my character he was the one I wanted to play when we played Star Wars mm-hmm. I didn't particularly want to play uh, Princess Leia great though she is yeah I wanted to play Han Solo but I think for some people, you know, if I hadn't had as good a brother as I have, someone would have said, well, you can't play Han Solo, you're a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I get where that dude's coming from with like, like I know how, he, I know where his frustration is being generated from, but you got to bail it, dude. Yeah. You just got to open yourself up to it and... It's this crazy thing that this like huge segment of like the Star Wars community, they like, they sort of think they can, but they can't. Like they're like, oh, we're all for like equality and stuff, but it's like the moment it actually starts to be in yeah. their face. And so when they started putting in um, these gay characters. I didn't know there were gay characters. I've seen the Star Wars movies. I didn't know that there well, these were... Well, it's more in the books. Okay, yeah. But um, Laura Dern, she's in the next one. And her character in the books, it's established, she's like bisexual. Ah. And people like then go, oh, I can't have, you know, I don't want to have all this gay stuff in Star Wars films where kids have got to see it. And the thing about Star Wars is they're not going to be like giving each other hand jobs or whatever. It's like 
kissing in Star Wars is sex. Yeah. Like that's like when you, which actually makes Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia thing pretty bad. But, um, but then in the books, they had this character, this gay character, and he was um, like had lost his boyfriend. And then towards the end of the trilogy of books, they get reunited again and they kiss. And I was just bored because it's like, it was for one, it was rad because I'm a sucker for that stuff that, you know, they'd found, they'd been reunited. Yeah. But then I was just thinking about like these like teenage kids and that, that are like gay and like shit scared and have been told they're wrong. Like when I went to high school, right, I didn't even know like... I, like, I wasn't... Sh- like, it was almost like gay people weren't real. It was just a thing. Yeah. Like, like I remember... I went, like, I went to school some, like, just some top-shelf assholes, right? And I, I kind of don't blame them, all of them, because I think it was just the culture of, like, let's just hang shit and as long as it's not me... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and one dude actually like like wrote, when when that thing with Adam Goods came up with like people booing him and stuff. And that's another thing, like if you like explain it to people, like the the hidden motivations and who you're siding with, then like my brother like actually like rang me and said, Oh, you changed my mind. Um, like which was crazy. Like to have nice. your older brother like um to do that. But one of the dudes that I was like just just fucking begrudged since I went to high school just like like you like like made a year and a half of my life like like fuck I just remember Sunday night just going fuck I don't want to go, go to, back school. to school yeah and like I don't know I, I sort of didn't think I it was really weird I, I just I couldn't understand why I had this realization when I was younger that like being mean to people makes people feel bad. Yeah. Like real young. Yeah. And and I sort of would and so 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 I feel like when I am mean to someone it's cuz like I want you to fucking feel bad. Yeah. Like you have fucking wronged me and I'm I'm coming like like cuz like I can be such a bad person. Like as far as that, yeah. Because I just like I feel like I'm just just like you're fucking done. I don't want anything to do with you. Everyone has the ability to do terrible things. I think. Yeah, and like I sort of feel justified in it, like just to like like just like you're done from me, and I try to go back. I sort of like got this like internal three year rule, where I'll like. I'll sort of clear the slate and sometimes people are fine and then sometimes it's like, you're back on the list, dude. You're back on the list. But, um, so yeah, so when this Adam Good thing came up. That makes you probably better than me. I, uh, I, uh, I have no three-year rule. Oh, really? Yeah, if we're done, we're probably done. Okay. I, yeah, no, I've got, I, I know a few people that have, that because they changed. I'm like, fuck, so like, different all the time and I think 
like coming to a, a America made me different again. Like I, I'm so glad to be just like it's like you get to define who you are. Yeah, with, like you're Luke Skywalker. Yeah, sort of. Um, but so when this Adam Goodson came up, one of these dudes commented on the thread. There was this like thread. I get these threads on my Facebook page. They're like thousand comments. I think so. Like friends with so many people, and it it just goes crazy. And this dude wrote something and I was like going, man, I'd never said anything to him. Like I'd sort of seen him, so we've got mutual friends and stuff and I've always just like, it's up. Like just, I just don't want to go back there. Yeah. And I just went, I was fucking worked up and I was just like, listen, motherfucker, you've got, you know, you have got no place to talk about what isn't, isn't bullying. You fucking made like a year of my life. Like I hated going to school and it like, it just, like, it affected me for fucking ever. Fuck, like, just like... Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. So, he ended up, like, sending me a letter. Like, like in the, like, written. Wow. Sent me a letter saying, oh, hey, man, that is actually... I've, like, I've often thought about that. And... Because I just closed up and just, like, would just just sort of go to the library and it was really weird because I was but then on the weekends I'd be like this like total other person yeah like totally um, you know going to skateboard competitions and having the best fun and stuff like that but just these dudes were such assholes in such a because I didn't even it was sort of just like you want like it it hurt that they wanted me to feel bad but that's how I like because that was my logic of it. It was like, if you don't want me to feel bad... You wouldn't do this stuff. Yeah. But then I think when you think about it a bit wider, it's like they just want to make themselves feel good. Yeah. And I was just the conduit to do that. But they were doing it to like tons of people. But um, yeah, it was pretty pretty weird to get the letter. But there's this one dude that like the... like who has never done anything redeeming ever that's like had a friend request like on my Facebook page for like five years and I just look at it all the time and laugh. <laughs> but I'm also just like, dude, how would you, how are you so fucking dumb that you don't know I hate your guts? Yeah, the, people have a selective memory because they think they're good people. People, everyone thinks they're a good person, I reckon. Yeah, oh, actually in the letter, the dude said, I hope, my like I've tried to raise my kids to not do what I did so that was pretty weird that that is weird I, I've I had one similar letter at one point mm. uh, from a from a high school bully uh, who was you know one of the least bad ones and uh, the rest of them <laughs> no just definitely no not on Facebook not on Twitter not yeah. on anything but it's sort of hard, like, you know, how you're saying, like, you know, people, um, you know, talking about Jordan and how he's perceived, or she's perceived, sorry. It's all right. Um, the, um, I'm, I'm so bad with he's and she's at the best of time. Like, when, when Cassie Workman came out, my first thought was, oh, thank God I call... I just call Workman Workman. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to remember a new name. Well, I don't even... No, I mess up like... Oh, like, it's like you're a, you're like a Spanish speaker. Yeah, like my, just like... like 
beige heterosexual people. I mess up he's and she. It's just like this. You're gender blind. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> I just got no control. I don't know what it is. But anyway, um, because some like like in comedy and stuff. Like I used to run this room, and you know people ask for gigs, and then I get all these hear these stories. Like oh, he's such an asshole, and it's like. Dude, like 30 people coming up to me after the end of the gig and like we're trying to create this good thing. And so it's, it's sort of hard. Like it, you sort of like, it, it's like a catch 22 where it's like, well, then do you give every person, well, they were just that because of that. Like, I guess it, it depends on the severity of. Yeah, I think you give people some leeway, but then also, you know, you don't give them a huge amount of leeway. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end, whatever you, everyone has a reason. Everyone has a reason for being an asshole or being good or whatever it happens to be. Everyone has a cause. Everyone has privilege or difficulty or anything. In the end, it's how you behave yeah. to people. I have two mottos, and one of them is treat people like people. Everyone, every, and that's a pretty lame motto. The other one is, uh, no one's going to die. We're all going to die. <laughs> Which is. Uh, what does that one mean? Well, no one's, uh, it's when I'm stressed if about work or should I get that gig or whatever. No one's going to die. It's okay. No one's going to die. The worst thing that can happen is... Oh. And then on the other hand, we're all going to die. Gotcha. So just like we don't have an unlimited time. Just go for it. All right. I've gone from confusion to enlightenment on that one. That's yeah. good. It's my, it's, my little, it's my little motto. Okay. It helps me get things done. Okay. All, all my mottos are from stuff. <laughs> What are your mottos? What are your top two mottos in life? What are the things you find yourself saying to yourself? Um, well, do or do not, there is no try. That's just the fucking best. Yeah. I don't even think you need a second motto. Do or do not, there is no try. I like that, yes. I think that, that, one's, that one's pretty good. Um, maybe my second one can be yob nob. Which is what the Ewoks say. Because it's like, just give us a fuck. Yub nub. Yub nub. All right. Well, where can people find you online? Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having us. And people can find me. I'm on Twitter. If you want to hear non-Star Wars stuff, it's Steel Saunders, at Steel Saunders. If you want to hear Star Wars stuff, it's Steel Wars. See, I've been, I've, I, was, I was smart enough to know to have a separate Twitter account. Yeah, this is backing up your theory that you know when to stop. Yeah. Which I think is... But, but, but also, if you counted the, like my tweets in the last two years between the two accounts, heavily skewed, heavily skewed on one side. Towards uh, the Steel Wars thing. Well, look, man, you're allowed to talk about Star Wars as much as you want. I'm in your beautiful home. I'm looking at all your Star Wars toys. But they're tastefully presented. They're tastefully presented. In my, my, but that's in my head. You might be like going what the fuck is going on on that shelf? And I'm like going, pretty classy display up there. I think it's a classy display. It's yes. in your workspace. You get the impression that it's like, it's part of your inspiration for your work. It's like, yeah, it's great. It's not in my face. It's not on the coffee table. You've got a little cabinet and you've got your shelves there. I yeah. think it's great. And uh, yeah, so I do a Star Wars podcast called Steel Wars and uh, we interview people um, about Star Wars regardless of how like, much they're into it and stuff like that and I guess if you're sort of more of a comedy fan and you want to check it out the one that goes up this week from LA Podfest with um, Gareth Reynolds and Jenny Jaffe is like two people that aren't that into it 
but are just so funny. Gareth Reynolds is one of the funniest men in the world. Is he's he's like I, I say like funniest men in the world's hard, but I say he's the world's best reactor. Yeah, that's you tell him something, precise, and he will react the shit out of it. Yeah, and then my other podcast is called I Love Green Guide Letters. And we review, in inverted commas, the complaint letters to the TV Guide in Australia. It's a brilliant podcast. I love it a lot. Thank you. And if you write a complaint letter to the newspaper about television, it's probably ripe for... (laughs) for destruction, I think. But, um, yeah, thanks so much. And I've... I finished my tea. I finished finished it. finished your tea. I finished my tea too. Let's do a little clink. Nice. Thank you so much. And now I'm going to have a coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the taste out of your mouth.